Bryce and Ren and Cory in the House. Today we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 1 of Cory in the House, titled The Presidential Seal. My name is Bryce Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Uh, with me, as always, to break down Cory in the House is one Renan Fontes. Ren, how's it going? Bryce, you ruined the seal. You ruined uh, the cherished presidential seal. Cherished? I didn't know it was cherished changes everything do you feel like there's anything cherished in the white house to you do you cherish anything about the oval office personally um i don't know i I feel like when thinking about different items in the white house uh people would say that like certain things are cherished like I, i don't know i feel like cherish is something that you say about things that are old and important like a presidential like, seal. Like a presidential seal or some of the paintings in the White House. Uh, the bowling alley is cherished. It's like beloved, like looked fondly upon. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot in the White House that's cherished. Uh, too bad Corey just had to mess it all up. Big day for Corey. Yeah, his season two premiere. He was here, he's smiling. Got some updated uh, transitional graphics. Yeah, the very decom-esque. Yeah. Yeah, the show was ready for the season 2 premiere. Uh overall Ren, surprised by the the episode? I am. I am actually surprised. Uh, Me too. Going into season 2, I wasn't as pessimistic as I was originally because season 1 ended better than I either of us could have possibly expected. Mm-hmm. And the realization that it was canceled because of the writer's strike. So I wasn't really sure what to think, but uh, the production value is definitely higher and all the main characters seem like they're actually in their element now. Yeah, I I noticed kind of the same thing. It feels like the budget is here. Yeah. And I I don't know why necessarily it it feels higher quality. Like there were those transitional graphics, which uh, were... A little bit cringy, to be entirely honest, but, you know, was there, add some flair to it. Uh, I don't know what about this episode just felt so higher budget, like higher quality than the Cory in the House that we're used to. It felt like something I could realistically see on That's So Raven, I think. Yes. Yeah, this was the, we saw season one, Disney Channel, the execs were happy with it. They were happy with how it turned out, and now they were ready to to fund season two. So uh, anything that you want to discuss before we jump into the episode, we did a little bit of like off, uh, off podcast housekeeping yeah. uh, before we jumped in. Uh, anything that you want to say about that? Uh, nothing really. Yeah. I don't, I don't have much to say. I'm ready to dive in. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Um, okay. So we open with big season premiere vibes because we got like a 10 second riff. Yep. <laughs> it was we were getting different 
uh, like aerial shots of DC reminding us of the show, the mood, really getting us ready and hyped up for. I don't think this is just me, but the colors are brighter, right? It feels that way. Yeah. No, yeah, it does. Uh, like e- even maybe just like higher quality. Like they stopped filming on uh, their uh, like HD flip camera and are now using uh, an actual video camera. I don't know, but it looks nice. Um. All right. The first line, season two, episode one. Do you know what we need, Newt? This is Corey to Newt in the courtyard at school. Newt says that we need spoons without these pesky holes. And already, season two is off to a great start. Roaring into season two. Yeah, uh, so this is how Newt goes ahead and opens up his his line here. Um, So has Newt never used like a real spoon something happened to newt over the summer i think okay so old, old newt would have used spoons new newt is confused yes a little bit thrown off by it. he um i wrote this note primarily at like the beginning of the episode it feels like he's back into his groove by the end of it but it feels like he's phoning it in you thought so I did, yeah. Like, by the end of the episode, I really feel like it's, like, regular top-tier Newt that we're used to. But I, the- I felt something was different. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it as phoning it in, though. I read it as him feeling more confident with Kyle and them having a more natural friendship. Okay. So you, you felt like it was the chemistry. Yeah, no, something felt off just about him uh, in these opening scenes to me. This one and then when he's in the um, hallway with Corey as well. It's the way he jumps down to, like, Corey to check on him. It's not something Newt's ever done before. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of, like, physical movement and, like, it's a very characteristic action that doesn't necessarily match how Newt's been depicted up to this point. No. Nope. Um, all right. So, uh, no, what they do need rent. And this, I think that this is setting the vibe for the arc of season two. Like, I think that we're going to get a, a legitimate arc. Uh, they need girlfriends. They need ladies, Ren. And so Corey's going to impress a stranger. Um, he, him and Newt see a girl and Corey's like, all right, gonna start there. Uh, he uses, uh, he's like, you know what women love? They love musicians. So he picks up his drumsticks and he goes and he talks to her. He drops a drumstick on the ground. He's like, oh, that's my drumstick because I play the drums. And then he name drops DC3 as if it's going to have any significance to her. To be fair, Mm -hmm. uh, Corey's been in the local news a lot. Yeah. Well, so yes, but to that point, she's unaware that he lives in the White House. In fact, it is almost played off like it's a big secret uh, in this episode. So I I think that she doesn't quite know who he is, let alone um, DC3. That feels unrealistic to me. Which part of what I just said feels like her not knowing Corey and not knowing that he lives in the White House? Yeah, like yeah. that. Everyone in that school definitely knows that someone who lives in the White House goes to school there. Correct. Corey got in a cage with a live bear mm-hmm. for the class president, who is Newt. Yeah, everyone knows who they are. They are are school wide known names. Whether they're popular or not, that's a whole other thing. Like whether they're well liked, but. I also found it super surprising, Ren, that this girl has no clue who Corey is. Um, 
Which is, I mean, even more surprising when it comes to DC3 because they're on the verge of a uh, blow-up situation. That's right, Bryce. Is that a combination of situation and blow-up? I can't imagine anything else. <laughs> Corey's just making up words. You know, Corey's a businessman. Mm-hmm. Maybe he yeah. can spell a few new words to the dictionary. Uh, little game here, Ren. What, um... Could we try to maybe find a uh, like dictionary definition for blow up situation and then maybe like use it in a different sentence? All right, let's see. So, uh, like a blow up situation to me, uh, I don't know, maybe we can remove it from the context of this and just look at the word itself. Um, like a blow up situation to me seems like uh, someone who tried to beat the world record for chewing the most bubble gum. And they've chewed on too many pieces, and now their jaw is snapped open, and that is a blow-up situation. Interesting, Rice. But according to Ownage Time on uh, <laughs> UrbanDictionary.com, this is a post from 2006, by the way. Yeah. Has 32 mm-hmm. upvotes, only six downvotes. Okay. Uh, blow-up chewate means to begin doing it big or to become respected established or an otherwise well-known authority on a matter uh okay so can you use it in a sentence is there a sentence provided on urban dictionary there is okay <clears throat> Sorry, I meant to mute for that. <laughs> no, it, it adds to the effect, Red. Don't worry. <laughs> Alrighty. I may not have a girl now, but when I start to blow up Chewate, they're all gonna want to be on a brother's team. Okay. Um, does that help us understand Corey's use of the word blow up situation here? Is not it, particularly. No, I don't think that he is. Uh, I think he has his own definition well, for blow up situation. Technically, so. if he's using it in the begin to make it big sense, it is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. DC3. But he says it's on the verge of a blow up situation. So when so it they're just about be, to begin to begin to make big. Yeah. So it would just be like DC3 is on the blow up situation or is about to blow up shalate. All right. We got it. We got This is a layered joke. Yeah. The chorus outsiders are really making us. <laughs> uh, I just we needed to stop down on what blow up situation meant, and uh, I think after a good two minute conversation about it, Ren, I'm feeling like we still have no clue what it means. Um, but that's okay because it doesn't matter because this girl is not interested. Uh, she walks away because it was a bad attempt at trying to pick her up, and then Corey slips and falls on the drumstick. Uh, and then do you remember Ren, when you and I, uh, did improv and we were in it, like, we'd be in a scene, right. And the scene would like really like taper off and we wouldn't know how to end it. Yes. <laughs> Why do you think I'm bringing this up? Right. Mm-hmm. Corey ain't tripping. Yeah. Corey slips or falls on his drumstick. We get about like 10, 15 seconds of Corey. He's then like, whatever, (laughs) whatever, whatever. And then he's like, I ain't tripping. And we cut to the intro. They found the button. 
Yeah. <laughs> they what happened? Corey uh, Kyle Massey came in after the summer, right? Season two, his big break. He tells the writers, "Hey, uh, I've I've been noticing that some of the big stars uh, don't actually like they don't have jokes written for them. It'll just be like Kyle says something funny here." So that's what they did. They just left it as Kyle says something funny here. And then like uh, how the scrubs writers would leave the janitor's lines blank. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Like, you know, he knows Kyle knows Corey so well, he's supposed to just be able to to riff and do his jokes here. Um, I think Kyle Massey's bad at improv. <laughs> that's what my takeaway uh, is here. Right. So are you saying he should stick to physical comedy? Yes. Yeah, why, we sh- could have left it at Corey slipping and falling on the drumstick. Done. That's fine. Uh, instead of him just like he really struggling through landing or coming up with some kind of joke. So, uh, all right, Ren. At the credits, uh, I figured we would talk today about one Tanya, uh, Tanya Chisholm. Who is going to be her or Prime Minister Takazuma? Yeah, and we didn't we didn't see much from the Prime Minister, so I decided to go with her. Um, she is a versatile veteran of the stage and screen. Tell Did me you know more. that? Yeah, she's pretty big. Um, she was okay. A... Wait, tell okay. me her the five main things she's been in in alphabetical order. In alphabetical order. Yeah. Um. All right. A big time rush. Okay. Which I believe she was in every episode of. Wow. As a regular, playing one Kelly Wainwright. Good for her. Uh, I IMDb says High School Musical. Two. Two. She played Jackie. Do you remember the iconic scene with Jackie in High School Musical Two? I don't, but High School Musical Two, I think I only watched it one or twice, once or twice. Yeah. Um, I'm looking through IMDb to see if there's anything else that like really. Uh, oh. Oh, she was in. Uh, this may have been a straight to VHS. Oh, okay, it was uh, Legally Blondes. Bryce, it's pronounced mm-hmm. legally blonde. Oh no, Ren! No, 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 no! In this case, this is legally blondes. Oh, this Bryce! Is... No, that—that's a two. You're thinking it's a backwards S. You think that's the sequel, Legally Blonde Two? Oh, Ren! Uh, I'm familiar with my S's and my twos, and even the backward S's and the backwards twos is legally blondes. Oh, I didn't realize you were referring to the 2009 American comedy film. Legally Blonde. Yeah, of, of course. Of course. Savage Steve Holland. <laughs> um, featuring the youngest cousins of Elle Woods, the characters we all felt we needed more content from. Um, all right. You want to hear some goofs on Legally Blondes? Yes. Okay. Um, some continuity goofs. When Izzy, so uh, the plot is two twins, I think are legally blondes i don't i don't know uh but when izzy is going on behalf of her defense she doesn't have the fluffy pen the next shot of her shows her with the pen huh so that's an issue it really makes you think it does it it, yeah it does make you think also the headmistress so this is a character error 
So there's, you know, some issues here. Uh, the headmistress scolds the twins when they add pink clothing to their school uniforms by reading them the dress code rules, which states that clothes must be monochromatic in color. Okay. There's a whole thing here about what monochromatic means. Can you read it? Uh, I don't. Okay. Monochrom- monochromatic refers to a color scheme composed of one singular color. The uniforms were never monochromatic as the blazer was navy white, the undershirt is light blue, and the tie was yellow. She might have been referring to the uh, to achromatic, which means absent of color, but either way, she'd be wrong. Someone watched this movie and wrote that paragraph about Legally Blondes. Have you ever seen Legally Blondes? Ren? Are you on IMDb, Bryce? Yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. Have you, have you ever seen Legally Blonde? The like the movie? Uh no, but I have heard the Broadway soundtrack. Yeah, I uh, I've heard one song from the Broadway soundtrack. It's a good listen. I'd recommend yeah. it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um it was on the radio one day. I was like, oh. Uh before they even said what show it was, I was like, oh, this is gonna be legally blonde. And sure enough. Well, legally blonde, I'm sorry. Just legally blonde. Um all right, so that was a good. I'm glad that we did that. Um, anything else with her? Oh, she's in Veronica Mars. Good show. Uh, Ren, have you ever watched The Americans? I haven't, but people like it. I've heard it's a very good show. Yeah, I started watching it this week, and it's very good. Uh, she uh, has nothing at all to do with it, but I figured I would ask you. Bryce, uh, maybe our next podcast will be The Americans in the spirit of Corey in the house yeah i'm confused about this something ren what so her bio most recently the actress lent her dramatic chops to the pivotal role of alice in kevin wilmot's black clansman in trey byers empire film but i don't see her her in terms of like her regular like imdb listings i don't see anything about black clansman what okay yes so where on her imdb does it say she was in black clansman in her bio in her bio yeah most recently the actress lent her dramatic chops to the pivotal role of alice in kevin wilmot's black clansman who makes these imdb po- like pages is it like wikipedia like people just submit things <laughs> kevin wilmot's black clansman yeah all right let's do a little deep dive who's kevin wilmot Right there, I mean, I there, I assume there can only be one, yeah, okay, writer or Black Klansman. It's like, I'm assuming there can only be one Black Klansman. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know who she is. She says she plays the pivotal role of Alice? Alice? Yeah. I've only seen the movie once. I don't remember a pivotal role of Me Alice. Me neither. I'm, and I'm just looking through the cast listing on Black Klansman now and don't see... I'm going to see if it, the screenplay. It's, um... Hmm. So that's where we're at. Mm. Right, I mean, I, riff for a bit while I look, skip. Yeah. This so story. I don't. Uh, I I don't not believe that she was in Black Klansman, but at the same time, uh, it's possible that you know may have fibbed a little bit to do it. But, uh, so so uh, mm-hmm. going off the screenplay, uh, quick control find. There's no Alice. Okay. And, there is no Alice character in the 125 pages uh-huh. of the Black Klansman screenplay. So would you describe the role as pivotal? 
Okay, so let me wait a second. The last revision here was in 2017. So maybe there's a later revision I can find that adds the pivotal Alice character. <laughs> yes, well, because I remember watching Black Klansman and, and getting to the end, walking out of the theater, and I turned to Jen, I was like, movie was great, but it, it didn't make any sense. Okay, Bryce, uh, yeah. I got something this time. Yeah. I looked up Alice. In this revised version of the script, the word malice appears two times. <laughs> uh, isn't that the name of a uh, the like uh, the evil gas in Zelda? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, but yeah, she was not in Black Klansman as any character named Alice. For that is not a character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who who writes IMDb? Whoever wants to write it. Okay, so like I can just so someone could have just gone on and made this up. So I I think it's very interesting you point this out though mm-hmm. because she realistically could have gone onto IMDb and written that herself. And yeah, it's funny because when I go onto her Wikipedia page, the, I find that this warning was added on January twenty twenty one. This biography of a living person needs additional citations for verification. Please okay. help by adding reliable sources. Contentious material about living persons that is unsourced or poorly sourced must be removed immediately, especially if potentially libelous or harmful. Find sources mm-hmm. for Tanya Chisholm, News, Newspapers, Books, Scholar. So are you going to link the, uh, the script that you found or should I? Where she played, because I, I don't think that it was, uh, I, I don't think it was made up. It sounds like it was just a She typo. plays a character named Alice in the movie, the 24th. So what is that after the black, is it, uh, is it the same writer? Uh, is it saying yeah, that? Yeah, it's the same writer. Kevin Wilmot also wrote the 24th. Okay, so it's poor, it's a poorly written bio. You and I just uncovered the truth here. Yes, um, you're right. Most recently, the actress lent her dramatic chops to the pivotal role of Alice in Kevin Willemont's Black yeah, okay. okay. So it's saying um, she's, sneaky, she didn't play uh, Alice yep. in it. Okay. Sneaky, sneaky. We'll see. That's now. We're hitting there the big time. <laughs> do you right think that... Big time rush. Do you think that she would have been... Um, cast as the role of malice in black clansman definitely okay so <laughs> that door is not shut if they ever do uh, a remake of it all right uh this was good oh and she got legions of fans when she shared the screen with zach efron vanessa hudgens and ashley tisdale as the main sharpette jackie okay everything has come together here uh and it gives us a lot of context into who this actress is who plays our character here. So let's jump back into the episode. Uh, scene two, Newt and Corey, they're in the hallway and Mina tells Newt and Corey that Nicole only uh, dates people who share her passion for history. Now, Ren, I have a question for you. Yes, Bryce. If you wanted to impress someone named Nicole who has a passion for history, what would you do? I would sit next to them and I would insult them about Star Wars until they eventually married me. Wow. Okay, uh, so that's Corey just could have done that, and it would have worked flawlessly. Doesn't even mention Star Wars. Wow, 
Yes. What is what is that? Like 100, 100% success rate with that strategy. Definitely. Huh. Uh, so Newt, is uh, he hears this and he's like, ah, Corey, like if only you lived in a place surrounded by history. I, <laughs> Newt's thinking about a museum. A museum uh, date's not a bad idea in D.C. You know, Corey could have shown himself as an artificianato mm-hmm. in an alternate universe. We could have gotten a boomer moment in the art museum. Corey Which, accidentally defaces a priceless painting. And the thing about D.C. is that, because uh, I love this this path that we're going on here, uh, all the museums are free to go into. So that sounds like something Corey would be into. Corey would try to make money at the free museum because <laughs> people would, their wallets would be so full. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be like, oh, it's such a shame that no one's profiting off of this. Um, yeah. So that, unfortunately, we don't get that. He's not going to think about a museum. Uh, Corey's like, oh, if I tell Nicole that I live in the White House, that might impress her. So he role plays with Newt for a little bit. Uh, in which they practice walking in Nicole's, uh, like, ear sight. What's the word? Ear shot. Ear shot. Yeah. Um, but they practice walking in Nicole's ear shot and talking about Corey living in the White House, hoping that she will overhear and then be interested in Corey. So that's the plan. They practice that. Um, they do a great a job. Strides going on. This was strange. Um, this also tells us that um, this was, I mean, we know that this is the case uh, with some episodes, but this one for sure, 1,010%, all filmed in front of a live TV audience. Because um, people are cracking up at this. They're loving the physical humor that Jason and Kyle are bringing to the table. They're gyrating, they're moving. Yes, they're like pretending to walk, but it's as if uh, they've never walked in their lives before. And they're like finding out how to do it as they role play. Uh, Elto Ren, they practice this pretty much right next to Nicole. The fact she didn't hear any of it is Mm -hmm. baffling. Very confusing. Especially because her name comes up. Yeah, they say her name. It'd be one thing like, right, if people are are there and you know, you don't hear your name, uh, but they say Nicole. And so it, it is baffling that she doesn't realize. And so now they do the real thing. And uh, this time, Newt, uh, in the, the run through, Newt had said that he would be honored to visit Corey at the White House. And so this time through, uh, Newt really glues on to the honored part, but forgets to mention the White House. I like that he holds on to the honored part. Because I want to believe that he does it because Corey pointed it out and Newt was just glad he thought of it. Yes. Newt's like, oh, good. Like, I finally did something that Corey, my my best friend, likes. Uh, I finally did something to impress him. And so he's he's like, yes, I'd be honored to go and visit you, Corey. And Corey's like, where? Where would you be honored to visit me? Uh, And Corey's like, at my house, which is what color? Newt says, ah, it's like an eggshell color the eggshell house uh cory lives in the white house and nicole overhears this she's excited she's amped she's like oh i didn't know that you lived in the white house and the only thing more exciting 
than Corin living in the White House is being the son of the famous Chef Victor. Chef Victor. <laughs> Chef Victor is your dad, Nicole exclaims. No one, no one knows who Chef Victor is. So she, I don't think that she's passionate about history. I feel like she's just passionate about, I don't know, uh, White House chefs. Like, I don't understand. Like how, how she would know this. She's like the famous Chef Victor. Let's be like, Chef Victor previously worked at the Chill Grill. And in this episode, uh, has a cookbook out to teach him how to make sushi. So he's not the best chef. Nothing special. She's impressed though. Uh, when she hears that, she exclaims, oh, you live in the White House? And Newt's like, yeah, didn't you hear us? Just say it. And that's when Corey's like, okay, enough of you, Newt. And he like hip checks Newt and Newt goes flying. And then there's a massive off-camera bang as if Newt fell into a bunch of stacked lockers and they all fell down on him. Corey's just strong. Yeah, it's uh, very good physical humor on, on uh, Jason Dolly's part here. Because I would be convinced that like the whole set turned sideways because Newt just goes flying. Uh, Brian, um, I have a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. I think Nicole's lying about something. Uh, what is it? She says she's been on the White House tour yeah. 20 times. Yes, I wanted to talk about this. Why do you think she she's lying? She mentioned Donna once. <laughs> liar much? Come on, I don't believe that for a second. Mm-hmm. She probably went on it twice, forgot Donna's name, and is trying to show off to Corey. Yeah. Well, 20 times. How, like, how often should one... It, it, wouldn't that raise some flags with the FBI? She, like, by the eighth time, she would have been in big <laughs> trouble. Like, FBI would probably pull her aside and be like, um, is there a reason why you keep coming back? And she's just, I love history. Um, has she been on the White House tour that included going to the famous Chef Victor's kitchen and seeing, uh, <laughs> like, uh, seeing Sophie dressed up and uh, saying that she's America's angel in the kitchen with the lights off. She definitely would have remembered Corey then. Yes. Um, all How right. Take a White House tour 20 times and not meet Corey. <laughs> not on. even, what not even hear this? about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she, uh, I don't know, maybe it's one of those things where just like, uh, if we got flashbacks of her, she's just like out of, just barely like misses all the different shenanigans like uh but statistically you're right Uh, she has high odds for being here when for example the white house tour chases Corey chasing uh sophie into the lincoln bedroom high odds um all right and then we see our first new transition because that's um, right did it also catch you off guard completely off guard and i was like oh that was strange but i'm sure that's gonna be the only one me too i also thought it would be the mm-hmm. only one but instead the whole whole episode every single transition featured this do you think it's a mainstay for season two most definitely okay right that wasn't the only transition in this scene though uh what what other transition was there samantha samuels is transitioning into motherhood <laughs> say more about this did you not notice Lisa Arch clearly visibly pregnant? What? She is visibly pregnant throughout this episode. And I <laughs> double checked. 
She gave birth in September of 2007. This episode aired in, in November 2007. Would have been filmed in early mid-2007 when she would have been pregnant with her son. So, not to... So, okay, hold on. Lots of breakdown here. Were you... Let's start with, were you surprised to see Samantha Samuels in the season two premiere? I was very surprised, but the fact that she was pregnant, like, caught all my attention in regards to her. Well, so so with this, so you're saying she's no, I did I did not notice. I'm apparently oblivious um, to this. So she goes, she has her child, and she probably is that why she's not in the first part of the season, and then the show gets canceled. Is that her story? That must is this her last episode? Well, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there, but. Every single time we've seen her, I've been surprised that we've seen her because she's only in, she's not in every episode. She's only in like, I don't know, 13 or something like that. So that would explain it. That would explain her disappearance at the end of season two, if that ends up being the case. Yeah, let's obviously will be the case. Well, I mean, we keep saying this and then she keeps on. She's definitely appeared in more than 10 episodes at this point, though. So, yeah, she's listed on IMDb as 11 episodes. Okay, so we're getting to the end of her run Mm -hmm. so every single time we've seen her i've been like oh this is this has got to be it but the fact that she was i figured she was just gone after season one that that was her story me too no she's here uh she's pregnant that's exciting is it uh in in universe she's pregnant as well yeah of course like you she's she's trying to hide it but it's more of like a doesn't want to show off kind of deal and do you think uh the father it's it's victor rice come on okay that's what i uh i figured well so samantha introduced a little brother for Corey. in well so in this scene she says to victor oh sorry she says to Corey, uh because Corey's whole thing is he's gonna try to bring nicole into the white house and specifically show her the oval office because she's never seen it before so Corey asks samantha uh for permission to go to the oval office uh, she says, this is the White House, not your personal love shack. However, do you think that this is, she says that because this is perhaps her personal love shack? Bryce, that's definitely her marking territory. Okay. Like, as Corey's growing up, uh, Samantha Samuels starts to see him as a threat. Yes. Um, Corey now goes to Samantha. I'm oh, sorry, goes to Sophie. Sophie has like mob boss vibes here. Right. She's like petting her doll like a mob boss pets their cat. Uh, Corey's like, is there any way you can get me to the Oval Office? She agrees uh, so long as Corey uh, will play Rescue the Princess with her. He has right. to be the princess. What do you think the rules of Rescue the Princess are? Um, okay, so I imagine that the game takes place inside the White House. Okay. Okay. Uh, typically Sophie, so because we understand Sophie's usually usually the princess, which is why it's odd that this time Corey's now going to be the princess when they play. Uh, so Sophie, um, she tells the FBI that a, a stalker is after her. And so as a result, uh, the FBI is in full, full, full prep to protect <laughs> Sophie, okay? Uh, so Sophie's like barricaded in... I don't know, the safe house, FBI everywhere. Corey now has, is given the task where he has to uh, go and get Sophie um, without 
you know, getting getting attacked by the FBI. And uh, when the roles flip and Corey's the princess, Sophie tells the FBI that there's a rogue <laughs> princess from another country that's trying to take over the U.S. Yes, and that she is located in the safe house. Um, and so then now it's Corey's barricaded and starved uh, in the safe house and Corey has to find a way out before he dies of starvation. And that's that. Great episode. So do you think that a uh, good deal for Corey to say, yes, I'll agree to be the princess in exchange for you letting uh, me and Nicole go into the Oval Office? For someone who wants to be a businessman, Corey is so bad at making deals. Yeah, he, he, he all... brings no leverage with him wherever he goes. Nope. He, he's like, please, please. And then people are like, yes, but this is the consequence. And he always just sucks it up. He's always like, okay, fine. Uh, all right. In this next scene, uh, the president and, and Samantha Samuels, because what else would uh, the president do but deliver these orders with Samantha Samuels to... The real president? Yes, to Victor. Um. They ask Victor uh, how he feels about sushi. Raw fish gives Victor uh, Victor's tummy the rumblies, but he's gonna do some gas release exercises uh, on the way home. Is he? He's this is farting. That it's it's such an upsetting thought because if you think about why you have to fart, the mm-hmm. fact that Victor would willingly do these gas release exercises <laughs> like as, 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 as if it's some kind of kindness mm-hmm. to the people around him yeah he, you're right he was saying it he was like yeah like i can suck it through like suck it up and like have sushi with all of you but then i'm gonna pretty much i'm, I'm gonna fart, fart a lot the whole night yeah like, um, thank you chef victor so considerate yeah because he even says to them he's like we might need to roll the windows down but it's the president uh, i'm pretty sure that they don't let him roll the windows down so they're just sitting in the limo, I can assume, in this scenario. Uh, if Victor, only Victor could go to the bathroom at some point between eating and using <laughs> the limo. He needs to uh, have his gas release exercises happening in, in the vehicle. Um, Gifter, uh, Victor is given a rare, unpronounceable delicacy. Is I it really unpronounceable? Fish. <laughs> What'd you say? Fish? Yeah. Yeah, fish. Or uh, even if it's... Uh, because... The, so this fish is is from... Like, presumably from Japan, right? I think they uh, say it's from Japan. Yeah. So my guess, Ren, is that uh, it isn't unpronounceable. That's just my guess. It probably uh, has a regular Japanese name. Yep. Um, and uh, in this case, the writers thought it was funnier to just, you know... Let's go ahead and take I mean, down a language. If you, if at any point you ever see a foreign language and you want to make a joke, mm-hmm. just say an English scientist or say something about it being unpronounceable. You will yeah. always get a laugh. <laughs> like, I, I just... Just tell us it's a fish. Tell us it's a delicacy. Like, I, I just don't know why the writers felt the need to do this. Um did you think it's a good looking fish? It's no, it doesn't look like a good looking fish. It's but it's worth fifty thousand dollars. What separates a fifty thousand dollar fish from a fifty cent fish? 
I think if it's rare, mm-hmm. if there's if it's like the last of that fish. So this this was the last of this fish's like kind. I would assume yes, uh, and if I understand, it's given to them as a gift, right? Um, it's given to them as a gift, but they stress the fact that it's fifty thousand. Fifty thousand dollars. So like, there is some kind of financial element to it Mm -hmm. and they give it to a chef who later we see using a cookbook um titled sushi to help him navigate carving and serving the fish so uh that's our setup for the for our b plot and then uh scene five uh they are in the oval office they being nicole and Corey and sophie um Nicole runs around. She's like, oh, like, this is the desk. Like, this is the chair. This is the famous inkwell. I was very happy when Corey picked up the inkwell. Yeah, we knew. As soon as she introduces, she's like, here are these things that are actually historically significant, such as the desk and the chair. Also, the inkwell. Uh, it was too too oddly specific. And Sophie uh, then has to stand and watch while Nicole, who is overwhelmed with the history around her, uh, decides to kiss Corey, who is holding the inkwell in his hands. And like any boy does Mm -hmm. when kissing a girl for the first time, tilts the inkwell down onto the presidential seal and even aggressively shakes it a few times. (laughs) Good measure. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. and he doesn't even realize but don't worry Sophie who just had to stand there and watch um, notices and she is like oh you're going to be in trouble and that's when Corey is like okay Nicole you got to leave run home and keep that passion burning so he like quickly shoes uh, Nicole out and he is freaking out about what's going to happen to him because he's just got ink all over the presidential seal. And well, we get a dream sequence. Mark on American history. He, yeah. I don't, so in the Oval Office, is this like a, is, is the presidential seal actually as significant as this episode makes it out to be? I don't know. Because, I mean, when I think about the Oval Office, I think about the desk, Right. Yeah. Um, I think about the chair. You know, there's like the couches, but I don't ever think about the seal on the ground or like the importance of the seal that's there. So apparently uh, there have been multiple presidential seals, but the design is the same, it seems. Yeah, I'm looking at the um at it right now. It also seems like it's possibly just a, a rug on top of a rug. Yeah, Lincoln had his own seal. Okay. There's a 1945 seal. Mm -hmm. The seal was changed in 59 and 60. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they... It it sounds like maybe some of the presidents change out the seal every once in a while. Um, But Corey's got ink all over this one, and it seems like it's it's massive, like an insult to the country. Um, I mean, it's not great, but I don't think it's the worst thing that's ever happened. And that's oh, when uh, we get our dream sequence. Oh, Bryce, you know I love a good Corey in the house dream sequence. Yeah. 
<clears throat> May yeah. I? Oh, please. So, because Corey ruined the seal, I repeat, the cherished presidential seal, he envisions his fate. In this dream sequence, Corey is tied to a rocket while President Martinez, Samantha Samuels, Victor, and Sophie all watch, waiting for him to be blasted off into outer space. Realistically, this is what the United States does to destroyers of history. Corey stained the presidential seal, he ruined it, and now his father has to watch his son's shame. Victor puts a small pink helmet on Corey's head for safety, and Corey gets to see the world just like he always wanted. Mm -hmm. Sophie presses the button, sending Corey's rocket flying, and he dies, seeing the United States below him. Um, could America get behind a Martinez rocketing Corey into the atmosphere? Bryce, mm -hmm. at this point in the Martinez administra administration, I don't mm -hmm. think he cares what America thinks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so he... He's a rogue president. Because I, I think this would please the people. Some uh, public justice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because at, at this point, I mean, he's done so much to the country. And it's I, I think we should just put him, send him up on that ro uh, rocket into the atmosphere. I think people would support Martinez for doing it. Uh, but you're, I, I think you're right as well. I don't think he cares what people think. I don't think he's going to rocket Corey into the atmosphere because he doesn't need to. doesn't matter. Um, and so then we like cut to commercial, cut back. Corey is rubbing the ground with tissues. And While he's sobbing aggressively. I've never heard anyone cry or sob like this. I loved his crying. It, it, it was really like, felt like a like a young man who truly believed he lost everything. Yes, he was. This is the lowest point that he's ever been at in his life. Uh, he calls Mina, but he's unable to communicate effectively to her because all that's coming out is like these babbling sounds. <laughs> yeah, he's just at, at a loss for words. And... Um, so he texts Mina, and what he first texts is exactly the sounds that you just made, Ren. Uh, he texts like, G -g 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 -g. Um, and then she gets a second text that says uh, that he ruined the presidential seal. Eep. Needs help. And that's when Newt says, I'm on it. And he leaves. Uh, he, he's with Mina, he leaves, and Mina says to Corey, Newt's on it. I don't know what that means. Oh boy, is this payoff about to come? Uh, next scene. Uh, Bryce. Yes. In my notes for this next scene, all I have written down is vortex transition. Oh, because, yeah, a, another, like, one of these wild transitions. But when you say vortex transition, was this the one that was like a tornado effect? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, like, they're not bad, but it honestly makes the show look dated. It's weird. Yeah. Because um, also, like, I watched the show and, and, like, we've discussed the whole, like, 
red, white, and blue, like, propaganda aspect yeah. to this. Um, but as I watch it, even though it takes place in the White House, I don't, like, Cory in the House doesn't scream America to me. Um, because it feels so much like an alternate universe. And so them, like, injecting these red, white, and blue transitions and these stars and the stripes, uh, does it help it? Does Cory in the House feel more American because of this? Corey wants you to buy war bonds. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, it kind of is how it comes off, right? They're trying, it's it's like they're reinforcing the setting. Yeah, they are. As well. They're doubling down on it. They're saying this is a show. And I mean, with the stakes of this episode that where we've talked about the stakes before as well, like the stakes of this episode feel um, low at a greater scale, but it still like takes advantage of the setting. So maybe this is just the the idea for season two is they're like, okay, let's really, really hammer home that this is the White House, like that the importance of it, the, the cherished items, the nationality of it. Stories we can only have and tell in this White House. Yes. So I don't, I don't know if that's actually where we're going with it or if that's just coincidence, but that these transitions tell me that they want us to be thinking and like reminded of the setting over and over throughout um all right so victor is in his kitchen he is breathing before he touches the fish he's very very scared to touch it because samantha is closely watching him and uh he's like oh like i I can't do it like not with those cold fishy eyes watching me and she's like oh just cover up the face and he says to samantha uh he's like i'm not talking about the fish is this any way to speak to the mother of your child? Well, I think that they're feuding. You think so? Yes, I think so. I think that he wants to raise the child in the White House with Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is against it because of how Corey has turned out. Bryce, mm-hmm. this is completely unrelated, but you just reminded me of something very, very important. Yeah, what's that? The preview image for this episode shows yes. Tanya. Yes. <laughs> Yep, bamboozled. What the hell? We were completely it, tricked. Like, it, it, it's... Why? Why did that happen? How I did said, that happen? She, Unless she makes an appearance at one point in this show, maybe it's, like, accidentally the image of season two, episode one of Cory in the... Of, uh, not Cory in the house of That's a Raven. And, like, someone got lazy? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe you're onto something. We'll, we'll but, have to double check this, but I wanted to bring this up because we mentioned it on the podcast. We did, and, and to your point, both times that I went to watch it, well, when I first went to watch it, I was waiting for her around every corner, and then she never showed up. <clears throat> and then even today, when I went to rewatch it, and I saw that picture of her, I was like, where was she? So, devastated that she didn't show up. Um, but that's okay. Uh, she can hang out at her art school as long as she wants because samantha samuels is here and she has eyes that are smoky and alluring well at least one of them is smoky and alluring but i'm to her other eye i don't i i don't get what this joke is saying like some something happened to her other eye right like was it poked i guess so something in it yeah or maybe she was in a rush this morning so she only did like uh she like put makeup on one of them and not the other like eyeliner on one and not the other and so that her feeling like only one is smoky and alluring president martinez was eating a sandwich with a lot of hot sauce in it Mm -hmm. but he had it like level to samantha samuel's eyes 
And she had her glasses off. So when she bit into it, when he bit mm-hmm. into the sandwich, the hot sauce came flying out and shot her in the eye. Uh, I would love for no reason whatsoever, other than what you just said, uh, for her to make, if she does appear again, uh, for her to just have like an eye patch or something <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> have it not be mentioned. Okay, um, next scene. Corey is, he's still uh, struggling on the ground in the Oval Office. He's been in there a long time, by the way. Um, Because Mina's here now. Sophie lets Mina in through the secret entrance that Corey and Nicole initially came in through. And um, so Sophie says, uh, there's the big mess and there's the stain. Hilarious. Eh, It was fine. Uh, Oh, what do you think about this recipe, Ren? Uh, you don't mean Grandma Perum's old-timey Bahavian stain remover, do you? That's the exact uh, recipe that I'm thinking of, uh, featuring yak milk, goat horn, and squirrel tears. Ren, how do you get squirrel tears? You hold the squirrel tightly until it starts crying. Do squirrels cry? (laughs) All animals cry, right? I don't think like so. You, you show them a sad movie. If you make them understand human pain, they cry. Over the hedge. Yeah, there we go. If you show them over the hedge. They'll cry? They will cry. I so, think... <laughs> specifically, the recipe was a splash of yak milk, a mm-hmm. pinch of goat horn, and a teaspoon of squirrel tear. So you really got to hold that squirrel over that spoon. Yeah, it's a large quantity of squirrel tear. Because uh, not only do you need to get it to cry, but you got to catch the tears as well human spit also seems to play a role in the recipe it does because mina mixes all this together she drinks it she gobbles like a turkey (laughs) while it's in her mouth like gurgling and then spits that out onto the seal staining it even more uh well and it smokes yeah it smokes (laughs) it smokes and the stain gets somehow gets bigger bryce Mm mm-hmm like, it can't be good for your body to put squirrel tears in your mouth, right? <laughs> it, Mina's definitely caught something. Yeah, I don't... I, I agree. It's definitely not good to do that. I also wonder... Squirrels are the cleanest animals. No, they're not. And, like, uh, goat horn as well. Um, Maybe you got that at Little Bahavia, though. Yeah. I just, <laughs> all of this she puts into her mouth and... Just, throws like she throws it up onto the rug it's the whole thing is kind of a disgusting show um if if i'm being honest but it's something for mina to do the barbaric bahavian there it is uh hysterical and then newt is downstairs and he used his parents' connection to get a brand new presidential seal. I think he probably texts or calls one of them, and he says that. Ren. Anything for their dearest Newt. Uh, here we go. The episode has uh, been stagnant for a while. We're finally going to spice things up with a live seal. Not just any live seal, Bryce, but old Slappy. <laughs> Old Slappy, you and uh, you gotta call call it Old Slappy because otherwise they'll slap you. Uh, Newt is so proud of himself. He 
Uh, his parents are on the board at the zoo. That's how he met Old Slappy. And then uh, he brings Old Slappy here and puts a top hat on him because then he is a presidential seal. What do you think Newt said to get the seal? Like, was he like, I want to try seal tonight? And his what, parents got the seal from the zoo? To eat? Yeah. You're implying that Newt wants to eat Old Slappy? No, Newt doesn't want to eat Old Slappy, but he's using that as a cover so that he can get Old Slappy to Corey. I don't I don't think that's a feasible cover, Ren. <laughs> I don't buy that for one minute. You don't think that rich Washington, D.C., uh, upper-class folk don't eat zoo animals? <laughs> Straight from the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> they get their... They get to pick the animal. What's more That's like, than that? Okay, maybe on the purge. Maybe on the day of the purge, they do that. Well, they the get together and they like, eat some endangered like species. Animal. They can just take the animal. They're like, that's the one that I want. <laughs> so I was the zoo not expecting old Slappy back? I want to eat old Slappy. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, why uh, Boomer's handler is like a... Boomer's not part of a zoo. He like owns Boomer. <laughs> Oh, nice. I see so many connect. questions about that man. Um, <laughs> so, does uh, do they? I don't think Boomer lives in a cage regularly. Like no, I just Boomer. Boomer lives in like wherever the his handler lives. They share a home. Yeah, like free free reign of the house. Like it's like one of those you know those like uh, indoor comics house. that often pop up on Facebook. That's like uh, my side of the bed versus like the dog side of the bed. Yeah. It's like a Boomer's house versus my house. It's like a Boomer's handler has a little tiny corner. Um, so Slappy. Is Slappy <laughs> Boomer 2.0? Old Slappy. Is Old Slappy Boomer 2.0? Uh, they get some, they really get their mileage out of Old Slappy. So if nothing else, credit where credit is due. Um, yeah, I, I love that we get a live animal in the season two premiere of Corey in the house, because it shows that they know like when they're on their a game is when they have a live animal on set. So, um, old slappy runs away because Corey's ungrateful. So they all argue. I and it's going to be a bigger point. It kind of like uh, felt like the episode was building to them both calling out Corey's behavior and that being the lesson. Yep. Uh, yep. It wasn't. I don't know if like I should. I should just expect that at this point that Corey in the house won't address these things. But yeah, it was interesting how like it was framed. He it wasn't like but, really a joke. It was framed like them really fighting. Yeah, because he's so rude. He he asks Mina and Newt for help. Okay, to fix the stain on the presidential seal in the Oval Office. That pretty big task carelessly yeah pretty big task uh cory shouldn't have been in there in the first place but he did and he got himself into this situation he asked his friends for help and they agreed to help right yeah mina spits up on the rug and yes is it uh is it not what you know one would expect to be helpful yes but she does it, and at least she tried better than what Corey was doing. He's ungrateful. Like he's, and then Newt here gets uh, a live seal because he's 
you know, he's in his flu shot state, but <laughs> he has this seal and Corey's ungrateful again. So yeah, it, it, you're right. They do handle it and put it in a really uh, interesting frame of it. It isn't funny that they're fighting with each other. It's, um, I don't know. It, it, I think they want us to think Corey is in the right, not in terms of the ink situation, but in terms of this argument here. Like, Corey's I, calling out his friends for being weird. I wouldn't put it above Corey in the house. Yeah. Um, all right, now we get Slappy and Slappy's escapade through the White House, uh, which is impressive that a seal can do this, right? Seals are basically just men without legs, Bryce. Uh, okay, I'll subscribe to that. Um... <laughs> Victor is, because he's so stressed about having to cut up that $50,000 fish, he puts on a CD of, like, ocean sounds. And he gets a knife, he turns to sharpen it um, while he's trying to relax. And so while his back is turned, Slappy, old Slappy, comes in and takes the $50,000 fish. And instead... uh, Victor turns back, he sees the fish is gone, he's confused, he, like, scratches his head and turns around again. While he's turned around, Slappy puts the fish back on the counter, which is not something a seal would do. At first, I was disappointed that mm-hmm. old Slappy put the fish back on the counter. Yeah. But they pay it off in a big way. I think that they should have just had him... Uh, yeah. Uh, like, it, I... I... It's interesting they fought the impulse to not have Old Slappy just eat the fish here. Yeah, it is. And that that they're like, oh, that's going to be our button. Like, that's the biggest moment that we can come up with is Slappy eating this $50,000 fish. So let's not waste it right here. Let's save it for in a few moments. It's also, um, it's also a, f- a fun little fake out because logic dict- dictates that Old Slappy will eat the We'll fish. eat it. Yes. Um, so Old Slappy puts it back on and then he goes away. Then the kids come in, uh, being Newt, Mina, Corey, and Sophie. Uh, Sophie is with them as well. Um, Corey says, Dad, arf, arf, hey, Daddy. Uh, which is... <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's just what the captions gave me. Uh, I, so I don't know if he's arf, arfing to try and, like, attract the seal back. And then, I don't know. Um but yeah, they're like, oh, uh, hey, dad, like, haven't noticed anything weird. Dad's like, nope. Okay, cool. Uh, before they go upstairs, Newt looks at the fish. And he thinks it looks delicious. So this is one point uh, in your your territory, Ren. Uh, Newt wants to eat the fish. I like, I like fish. <laughs> I, I, I like a good fish. But I'm not the kind of person who sees a raw fish and mm-hmm. thinks that is one yummy looking fish. Yeah. Uh, and it's unscaled too. Like not only is it raw, yeah. but it's untouched. Untouched fish, dead lying there on the counter. And Newt's like, that fish is delicious. So much so that Mina has to pull him away from what? Eating the fish right then and there? Who knows? What would Newt have done? Was he the real threat to the fish? Yeah, he was going to swallow the, the whole thing. Bones and all. Uh, that would have been interesting. Newt just unhinging his jaw and 
taking down a whole fish. Uh, all right, but they go away. The janitor sees the seal, doesn't call it in or anything. He just checks his glasses. He must be seeing things. Who's this janitor uh, character? What, where, where did he come from? Well, he's and he's also uh, he's a, a lot younger than the one who was buffering the floor and almost killed the president in the episode with Raven. So he must be the new guy. And Corey's belly. His first day on the job, Corey's already screwing things up. (laughs) Yes. Guy doesn't know what to do. Corey slides down the hall uh, on his belly, lands into the wall, mural falls down, and Corey's face is now like pushed through the mural, the painting, uh, replacing the face of like a a lady. Newt says, You've got a lady body to (laughs) a. Which is okay. And uh, we also learn here that Newt brought uh, Old Slappy here on the bus. I mean, his parents did him the courtesy of getting him from the zoo. Mm-hmm. Newt might as well get Old Slappy to the White House himself. Did Old Slappy have a leash? I'm assuming Old Slappy used a bus card, a bus pass. I don't know what they use in DC. Yeah, just use that. Got on. Uh, and then did like old Slappy sit next to Newt like patiently while they waited for their stop? I don't know. Just, I have a lot of questions about old Slappy on the bus. Uh, but they follow old Slappy all the way into the Oval Office, where the stain is now gone. Uh, his Bahavian magic worked. Mm-hmm. And so, the big, uh, you know, issue of the episode is resolved just like that. oh wait no because now there is a live live seal in the oval office and prime minister takazuma is right outside oh my god at least sophie can go and like distract them while they get get old slappy away right i loved sophie's betrayal here yeah sophie's like oh yeah like i'll go help don't worry she runs out there to her dad says hi daddy hurry into your office so she wants cory to get busted um, but it's okay. Her being out in the hallway was just enough time to dress Slappy up in glasses and a tablecloth. Uh, Corey in the house asks us to accept a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But it, President Martinez and Prime Minister Takazuma just buying that this seal is a human woman. An old Bahavian woman named Ol Aunt Schlappy. Ol Schlappy or Schlapishka. Which is, uh, it's a lot to ask this. I mean, we know that Martinez is not always the brightest bulb, but he goes out of his way to make sure that this seal dressed as a human woman feels welcome in his Oval Office. Uh, yeah, it is. It's definitely a stretch here for us to believe this. And, um, he tries to shake hands, but then, you know, they're reminded that it's rude to uh, shake hands with the Bahavian elder. Uh, President Martinez turns around and old, old Aunt Schlappy slaps President Martinez on the rear. Meh. And uh, then... Uh, like, if President Martinez took a new wife, it would make sense to marry a Bahavian woman, right? So, yes. Is it possible... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to go down this path. Uh, we're going to leave it right right there where Martinez uh, believes that the seal is a woman. And um, 
it's okay. They're able to get Slappy out. They tell uh, the Prime Minister and Martinez to divert their eyes because it's impolite to watch Bahavi and Elder leave the room. So they quickly uh, take the glasses and tablecloth off of uh, Slappy. They're almost in the clear. And that's when Victor comes up with a tray of $50,000 sushi. Slappy remembers the fish. Yep. Slappy's like, that's my fish and goes ham. Cut the slap. Yes. uh, We hear a slapping sound and it fades to black. Um... What do we think about Slappy's reign of the White House? I like the slow burn aspect to old Slappy. <laughs> I feel like the bait and switch with the fish early on makes just his lunge at Victor at the end a, mm-hmm. a way funnier moment. And it also, because um, we don't get the moment here that we get in some episodes where it's like post scheme, like Victor yelling at Corey. Yeah. Um, and Martinez then gives like a little speech and usually that's, that's it. We don't get that here, but what do you think that was like for Martinez and Victor to understand how a live seal made its way into the Oval Office? I think their yelling at Corey was so aggressive. There was no realistic way the writers could write it into the show. Yeah. Or like Martinez understanding that uh, the woman that he was trying to make feel very welcome was actually a seal. I mean, yeah, there's... the United States relationship with Japan is shot after this. <laughs> yeah, think? Let's feel insulted. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which he has to watch the gift that he gave to the U.S. being a $50,000, potentially last of its kind fish, uh, get devoured by a live seal in front of him. And he knows that Martinez gave Alaska away before taking it back from Russia. So yeah. he's expecting like a, a gift here, you know. Shoes off, came home with a jacket. Mm-hmm. Like Takazuma said, did his part. It's Martinez's mm-hmm. turn. Martinez just, you know, really, really messes up here. And uh, yeah, our we don't get this this falling action with everyone involved. We really only get it with Corey, which is a bummer. Um. We get our next scene at school with Nicole, who we've not seen since the initial seal on the carpet incident, um, or ink on the seal on the carpet incident. And uh, she is, she says to Corey, so you're telling me the seal ate $50,000 worth of sushi? And Corey says, uh, and part of my dad as well. This old slappy bit Victor's frontal lobe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, I, for whatever reason, I was also imagining, like, it wasn't a finger or anything. It was, like, Victor's right cheek. Uh, like, it's like something just, horrible to lose. Yeah. God. <laughs> Corey's played it off. Like, yeah, yeah, part of my dad as well. LOL. Uh, so, I can see my dad's uh, teeth all the time now, but... Did, uh, also, did Newt get to finish eating Slappy after this? Like, did, did... Newt takes Slappy home to eat, or is Slappy back in the zoo? Did not let Newt have a bite. Oh, man. What a bummer. Our dinner you dressed up and ate and let eat sushi? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Newt has to learn his lesson here. Doesn't get to eat the $50,000 fish, nor does he get to eat the creature that ate the $50,000 fish. Real bummer. Um, All right. Nicole uh, feels impressed with Corey. For some reason. <laughs> like, what? 
<laughs> he literally not, says, I am impressed. Presidential seal. Like, for someone who we're told her only passion, her only trait is that she cares about history, she's like, yeah, uh, this will still slide. You only defiled the cherished presidential seal. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so, she wants to go out with him again. Desperately. Yes. Thinks of, and we uh, get like 30 seconds of, can we do this? And Corey's like, oh, I, I wish, but I'm grounded. What about that? Uh, I wish, but I'm grounded. So then Nicole says, bye. Like, bye, Corey. And then walks away. <laughs> Does she move? I mean, she's done with him. Corey's ancient history. Mm-hmm. Like, in high school, even if I had, like, a falling out with someone, like, a, or whatever this was, like, it just feels weird to be like, all right, goodbye. Like, they'll see each other at school. No. She didn't see Corey before. Yeah, you're right. Yep, she's off to go fade, uh, let Corey fade into the background. Um, what else? Uh, Corey says, to, Newt's like, oh, how to go with Nicole. Looks like our girlfriend plan might be on hold for a while. Uh, Corey says, and then Corey has a thought bubble dreaming of Nicole. Newt has a thought bubble dreaming of the fish. And the episode is over. All's right with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Here we go. Uh, Rosebud Thorn of this episode, Ren. All right. Rose, it's got to go to old Slappy. Mm-hmm. Love a good animal humor in Cory in the house. Yep. And I mean, old Slappy was here slapping Cory left and right. Comedic. Uh, yeah, I think solid Rose. My, my Rose was that they decided to include Sophie with the rest of the group as they like chase Slappy through the White House. Yeah, I liked how she was. I liked how she was an, an antagonistic figure, mm-hmm. but in a way that's authentic to her character and not whiny or bratty and just like meant to throw a wrench in Corey's life. Exactly. Like she's she seems integrated here, and it made sense that she was with them because she's been like part of this presidential seal storyline the whole time. Yeah. So like it doesn't seem like she's just shoehorned in. Um, my bud, something that I would like to see more of, uh, is the use of a live audience and sets was abundantly clear. And I liked it. It gave like a special energy to this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there was specifically President uh, Martinez when he's in the hall with Sophie and then walking into the Oval Office. That was very clearly like a cut from camera one to camera two transition. Yeah. And it was just nice. I, I liked um, that it felt like they were feeding off the energy from the audience. Right. So what about you? Any buds? I'll give it to the chemistry from the cast. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's it's just a much tighter show character-wise coming off from season one. Well, what about Mina? I actually thought Mina was an improvement overall, mm-hmm. but she has weak writing in general. I, something that they're doing with her and uh, I can't point to another time but I know there have been times they like to use her for like weird sounds they do I like in this yeah in this she was uh, as she was like reading the text messages that Corey was sending uh, he was she was reading them out loud and I felt like the audience was really into that 
And then they use her again to like make the weird sound before she spits up onto the carpet. They just don't know what to do with her as a character. No. Nope. They're like, okay, this is her humor. Um, like this and then yak jokes, sure. But like, who is she? Who is this girl? Um Yeah. Uh what was your thorn? My thorn. Mm-hmm. Mm. Good question. Uh I the Bahavia stuff always lands poorly for me. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll give it to that because I wanna I wanna discuss the but like it's it's a crush for Corey in the house. They really just fall back on it when they have nothing else to do and mm-hmm. after somewhere around the halfway point of season one, it becomes Mina's character entirely. Yeah. And then even here, uh who is this woman in the Oval Office? Oh, this is old uh, old Aunt Schlappy from Bahavia. Okay, sure. This seal woman is from Bahavia. Okay. Uh, like they couldn't have the writers couldn't have come up with anything clever to say about who she was. And that's the thing, Bahavia just it isn't clever. It doesn't lend itself well mm-hmm. to smart joke writing. No. What if like. What if instead they play that scene as instead of dressing up the seal to be someone else, what if it's just like more of a coming up with an excuse for what is a seal doing in my office? Uh, and then Corey uses his business tech like skills to pitch, hey, you know, the eagle is getting old. What about the seal? The seal. Yep, as our national animal, right? I don't know. It's just, there's always so much that like I wish was different, and I, I think that that's a really solid Thorn Wren, the bah- like them just using Bahavia as like a get out of jail free card. Yeah, uh, my th- my Thorn. I said these god awful transitions. <laughs> <laughs> I I think they're only gonna get worse. Yeah, they, they pulled me out of it every time. I hate that I'm watching Corey in the house. The PowerPoint, uh, it drives me insane. So, but we'll see. We'll see how they go. Uh, so, all right. Uh, do you want to do Martinez next, or do you want to do reviews next? Let's uh, let's do Martinez's rating, and then we'll dive into the reviews and end it. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, uh, all right. So Martinez's approval rating. Uh, we're both feeling like he goes down even more. Remember, he is in the negatives. <laughs> uh, and uh, he last time he went down negative uh, forty, negative fifty. Uh, can he go lower? He has to. Takazawa is a. Uh, he's uh, not going back to Japan happy. Yeah, this, this is a series of awful, awful mistakes that he has displayed in front of the prime minister. Uh, he. A seal ate the $50,000 gift. Like, that's what it comes down to. Uh, and he also doesn't offer up anything else in return. No jacket, and no Alaska. How do you think the meeting went after that? Very poorly. Yeah. I can only assume uh, Prime Minister Takazuma cried as he watched the yeah. scene get eaten. And I, I picture the Prime Minister, so like all that ends, right? They leave. Then it's just them in the Oval Office. And the Prime Minister is like, so that boy lives here? It's like, yes, yes, yeah. It's my sh- the, the chef's son. Corey. And he's allowed upstairs? 
in this house. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I just, yeah, I pictured that it went very poorly. Negative uh, 25? Do we yeah. bring him down to like negative 75? Let's do it. He's never getting positive. He has 13 episodes to become a better president. All right. Uh, all right. So President Martinez is at negative 75 for his approval rating. Which is it's so funny. A historic low. Uh, is it at this point, are they, because every American hates his guts. Are they polling other countries? They are. <laughs> and that's how they're getting to the negatives. Uh, once we get to the 200s, every American will be counted twice. <laughs> the children and dogs get to have a say as well. <laughs> once we get to 300, mm-hmm. kids got the right to vote. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, any reviews for this episode? We have four. Okay, cool. You, you ready? Yeah. From highest to lowest. Knuckles Freak gave this episode a 9.5. Mm-hmm. Title, Season 2 Gets a Great Start. Review. Now, the first season of Cory in the House is unoriginal and almost completely boring, but some episodes like That's So in the House saved it, and this show got a second season. Yikes. Now, from what I saw in this episode, Season 2 is already much better than the first already, but I'm only judging by the first episode, of course, but it is quite hilarious. In this episode, Corey and Newt try to get girlfriends. Man, that's such an overused concept when it comes to Disney Channel shows, especially in Corey in the House. Corey tries to ask out a girl named Nicole, but she only goes out with people that have a passion for history. So when Corey says he lives in the White House, he invites Nicole to go see parts of the White House filled with history. While they were both in the Oval Office, Corey spills ink on the presidential seal. He then has to somehow get rid of the stain. When Newt brings a real animal seal to the White House, things get even more hilarious. I can tell you, this is one of the most hilarious episodes the show has gotten. It's funny, the jokes aren't overused like the first season's jokes, and it's just plain hilarious. I cannot stop laughing at this episode. This episode really lives up to That's So Raven episodes, in my opinion. If Corey in the House continues this trend, we may have another 100-episode show. Oh my god. <clears throat> eh, all right. By Johnny Malrocks, 8.9. That's not... <laughs> people need to understand how their the numbers should reflect how they feel. This episode was pretty good. However, I do feel as if something was missing. In this episode, Corey takes this girl, Nicole, to the White House to impress her, since she loves history. He takes her into the presidential Oval Office. He shows her around all of these historic items, like James Madison's ink cartridge. So, <laughs> so Corey holds the ink cartridge and accidentally spills it on the presidential seal. There is some huge ink stain on it. Corey calls Newt and Mina to help fix it. When they come, Mina brings some Bahavian stain removal formula, and Newt brings an actual seal, the animal. Meanwhile, <laughs> Chef Victor is pressured when cooking a very expensive Japanese fish. Sue, the seal that Newt brought, goes roaming around the White House, and he wants the fish. Sue, Mina tries to remove the stain with her formula. She puts it on the stain, and nothing happens. However, they leave to find the seal. The seal ventures into the Oval Office, and they go in, too. And all of a sudden, the stain is gone. Wonder I how is how? (laughs) Say that again? (laughs) 
They say it wasn't the stain remover. I wanted to see how the stain remover kicked in. Now, as they get the seal, a Japanese a Japanese ambassador meets with the president in the Oval Office and brings her. Victor brings the fish in there. The seal attacks him for the fish. How will Corey deal with all of this? <laughs> wow. What? So, okay, uh, the ink cartridge. Let's start there. Cartridge. <laughs> Is this, would Nicole be devastated if uh, she got into the Oval Office and then found out that the famous inkwell was replaced with a HP desk jet? Uh, <laughs> printer? The, the cherished HP desk jet. <laughs> And then Corey goes to kiss her, but is holding the uh, HP desk jet in his hands as he <laughs> squeezes the cartridge too much, and that's when the ink comes out. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Let's see the next one. Next one is the title "A Seal" by VG Freak Eight Seven. <laughs> Corey and Newt decide that they should get girlfriends. Corey meets Nicole, a pretty girl who loves history. The problem is that she only dates boys who love history. After Corey tells her that he lives at the White House, she excitedly accepts the date. With Sophie's help, Corey sneaks into the Oval Office. Corey picks up historic ink, and then they start kissing. He accidentally spills ink all over the presidential seal. He, of course, panics. Newt brings in a real seal, hoping to fix the problem. Victor is nervous when he has to chop up an extremely expensive fish. This episode was so-so. It was weird, but entertaining, I guess. I give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, I feel like VG Freak 8 keeps it real. Yeah, he do- he's not about this. Uh, he just wants to say his thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> he, just wants to- he just wants to share. Mm-hmm. All right, Bryce, ready for our last one? Yes, I am. <clears throat> Yugaton 88 writes, meh, 6.5. Uh, well, how original is this storyline? They do this all the time in season two, but this is just the start. Corey and Newt always try to get girls now. It's like the writers for CITH are running out of clever storylines, though I loved Samantha Samuel's reference to Love Shack. I guess it was okay, but I hated Newt in this episode. I mean, they make his character seem too dumb. It is starting to get a noting, and I think Jason Dolly has way more potential than to get him a role on Corey in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree with that. I think he his star power is too high. I don't know if they waste him, though. And uh, Samantha Samuel's reference to Love Shack, she says Love Shack. Uh, I don't think it's a direct reference. I guess that's it. Wow. Okay, Ren. We've talked about it, heard the reviews, taken it all in. Was this a good episode? By Corey in the house standards, I'd say it was pretty good. I don't know if I'd give it like a, a full good. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as Corey in the house is concerned, if this episode was on TV, I wouldn't change the channel right away. <laughs> if old Slappy were on screen, I definitely wouldn't change the channel. Yeah, I... Uh, I remember, so when I first watched the episode, I got done it, and I said to myself, I'm so happy that there's another live animal in Cory in the House. Uh, but overall, like, did it go to waste? Uh, a little bit. Like you said, it was a nice slow burn. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a fine episode. 
there's definitely season premiere vibes, uh, some good energy, I think, around that. But otherwise, uh, I was overall, uh, it was it was like a reunion with the family. It was fine. It was, you, you know what you're walking into. Yeah. Nothing was that earth shattering. First day of school after summer. Exactly. It's got um, a good energy. You're excited. Nothing's too bad yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I went ahead and <laughs> did a, a six out of 10. I'll also be giving it a six out of 10. Okay. Uh, it was a fine episode. That's how I felt about it. It wasn't, um, wasn't as good as the past few episodes have been. It has me optimistic for the rest of season two, though. Yes. So it's even with this, with me giving it a six, I do think that's important to say, Ren, um, is that you and I were both feeling like this was going to be a rough season to get through. Yeah. And this is a strong start, not necessarily in the story department, because that's never strong, but at least in the quality, in the energy, in maybe the general direction of it's the show. Promising, and I'm... I'm honestly kind of worried that by the time we get to the end of season two, we'll both kind of feel like Corey in the house is starting to grow its legs. It never had its, its best, the best episode of Corey in the house might not exist. I don't think it does, Bryce. That's a, that'll be hard to, like a hard pill to swallow. But you're right. It might be very, very true. So, all right. So with all of that, Ren, we have an episode next week of Coring the House to talk about. That's right. We will be watching season two, episode two, titled Through the Roof, directed by one Rondell Sheridan. I'm liking to see Rondell directing a lot of these episodes recently. Yeah. And he has a, a really good feel of what the show should be. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be nice, and um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if um, if the girlfriend thing continues, which it might. But all right, Rent. Anything else before we sign off for this week? What a long episode! Yeah, like you and I talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, even, even longer than the game plan, right? I don't know. What time did we start? Like six. It's been an hour forty. Forty-five. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. We're close to that, like, uh, that mark. Interesting. Uh, surprising, I think, because I feel like the episode didn't give us that much. But, you know, we have talked about Corey in the house for a little bit. So, all right. Uh, so, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can go ahead and like us on Facebook, like us on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, Ren, we did get a new Facebook like. We did? Yeah, from, uh, from someone who, like, uh, I don't know. Right, this is excellent news. Yeah, really, really good. I don't know if they listen to the podcast or if they just stumbled across us, but nonetheless, new Facebook like. Um, so yeah, so go ahead and participate in the community. And otherwise, we will see you all next week for season two, episode two. All right, thanks everyone. Take Have care. Fun in the Pharaoh's tomb. Brace and Randy minds some electric guitar.